Business people need to be calm when things aren't going quite right. They need to be patient. They need to know that their dreams will come true when they're meant to come true. Easier said than done, especially when you're going zero to 300 miles an hour in four seconds. I might have your attention now. We're going to talk to the dragster pastor next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. And folks, this one, this Dash of Grit show is going to be refreshing. So many times business people talk about business and businesses talk about business people. And we talk about accomplishing great things over hurdles. And that's what this show is about. And that's what today is going to be about. But it's going to be a little bit different because you you want to grow your business. You want to grow it fast. How about zero to 300 miles per hour in four seconds? Fast. <laughs> That's not what we're going to talk about today, but I think I've got your attention. We are talking with the Dragster Pastor, and we are talking about overcoming obstacles, making a difference in kids' lives, making a difference in your life, making a difference in, in many different ways. And we are talking with Mike Booker. Mike is the Dragster Pastor pastor. He's the pastor of Calvary Chapel on Brook Park Road right here in Cleveland. He is the father of 14, which I'm sure presents plenty of hurdles along the way. He's the son of Drag Race Hall of Famer, Jim Booker. He's the Top Fuel Dragster National Champion, Top Fuel Record Holder. We're going to hear all about Jim and his story and how it affected Mike. Mike also drives to create support and awareness for hope for heroin. So somewhere in that list, folks, there's something that's enticing you to listen more uh, to Dash of Grid. And so I'm welcoming to the show Mike Booker, Welcome to Dash of Grit. It's an honor to be here. And um, by the way, it's hope over heroin. And I only say that just so in case somebody tries to Google it, because it Good, is an organization. You. It's an organization that's very effective. And I want people to look into them. And even if they're looking for something to support, to be able to support them, hopeoverheroin.com is their um, website. Very good. Thank you for the clarification. Hope over heroin. I think I said hope for heroin, which is not a, a I don't want to go to that organization. I want to right. go to the, the opposite. So thank you for clarifying that. And Mike, let's talk about things a little bit. You are all of these things and you're doing all of these things. And let's talk about the things you're doing now, the things you're uh, upcoming and the things you're most proud of and, and uh, happy to talk about, because we're, then we're going to talk about these hurdles and these stories and the things that you've overcome in the past. Well, like I said, I've been a pastor 29 years, Calvary Chapel of Cleveland. It's 709 Brook Park Road. And, you know, the thing I'm probably proud about the most is I've taught through the Bible cover to cover. I'm on the fourth time. And I do believe that God's word has the answer for every problem. Um, you know, COVID had a big impact on a lot of churches. Our church actually got stronger. And, um, and I just, I want to give out you know, God's hope to a world that's in darkness. So that's the most important thing that I'm doing. And um, I do have a, a, an awesome wife, Sheila, which I couldn't do any of this without her. Um, and then 14 children, nine boys, five girls, 34 down to 14. And then I have um, 17 grandkids, which that's the greatest <laughs> ever. And I'm going to probably have 80 grandkids at some point. And then I do get, you know, in the last few years, the doors open for me to, um, drive a dragster and um, I'm in, in a class called Top Fuel, which this is basically equivalent to the movie, The Rookie, where a 38 year old pitched in major leagues. Well, here I am in Top Fuel, a 59 year old rookie, and I'm going 300 miles an hour in four seconds. And I'm, I'm racing for something more than racing. And that is to promote hope over heroin, to help people get off of drugs, but also 
to talk to kids about not touching drugs. If I turn one kid from touching drugs, then it's worth it. And the dragster is just a very expensive platform to do that. And that's the success that we're talking about. And you're raising this this weekend at uh, at the Summit Nationals uh, right here in Ohio. And you're looking forward to that. And again, you're 59 years old. This has been a long time dream of yours. And you're making a difference uh, for kids and, and keeping them off of drugs and away from heroin with the hope over heroin. Tell me a little bit about, just real quickly, what's it like to go zero to 400 in three well, seconds. Well, it was zero to 300. But okay. um, you know what? You know, I drove a car that was 280 miles an hour in five seconds. And it's, 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 the, it's what it is. It's the acceleration that people would freak out over. You know, the, the top thrill dragster Cedar Point goes zero to 120 in four seconds. And that's fast seconds. enough for me. Right, right, right. Well, 120 is not fast, but you get there in four seconds. That's what, you know, gets people. You know, a jet's going 185 miles an hour off a runaway, but it takes 42 seconds to get there. I've timed it. But if you had 185 in two seconds, then you pee your pants. And um, yeah. so this car hits 300. It goes zero to 100 miles an hour in less than a second. And it goes 300 in less than four seconds. And, um, you know, I, w- I will tell you this. It's kind of a blur. Um, there's no thought process. It's all reaction. And um, the key to these cars is not oversteering. And um, because if the car moves around or tries to do something, if you if you overcorrect, you're going to be upside down. And mm being calm is the key <laughs> and it's literally something your eyes don't believe when it's happening it all feels like a dream and then afterwards you know you hit the parachutes and um the negative g's are like seven g's it's eight g's leaving the line and um it's it's and I, you know it's there's, there's nothing i can use to compare to give people to to relate to it until you do it and um but Anyway. And, and 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 I can't even imagine. I like I say, the, the Cedar Point ride's enough for me, and uh, it's it takes everything I've got um, to uh, want to step on that over and over again. But so tell me a little bit then. Let's talk about hurdles. Let's talk about grit. And I'm hearing uh, I, I know a little bit of this story, but I'm excited to hear all of it. Talk to me about the path that you've taken and the hurdles you've overcome to get to this spot where you're impacting so many lives today. Well, and you're meaning like about my dad? Basically, I, that, I think so. I, I think so. Your your dad was a national champion, Hall of Fame dragster, and he inspired you and you lost him. And right. and here you are now. And yeah. I, I think there's a story there. Right. I was three days old at my first race. I idolized my dad. And he, he won a national event in Top Fuel. And he was, you know, a national hero in drag racing for about three years. And um, I was supposed to drive his car when I turned 18. I woke up one morning, you know, his sister, my aunt crying, saying the doctors did all they could. I'm like, what, he died? And, and he had a blood disease. I didn't, we didn't really see how sick he was. And he died. And I ran from one end of my house to the other screaming, no, it was the worst feeling, you know, I could imagine. And everything I lived for was tied to my dad. And, you know, it's natural for a young, a young boy to idolize his dad. Well, I, I mean, my dad was Superman to me. And, um, and, and so I was that good. Was he Superman because of his success in dragster or was he Superman because of his success as a father? Well, you know, you know, you know, both. I mean, I just, I just thought he was perfect. And, um, and like you said, seeing him getting in the dragster, it was just, it was like having Captain America for your dad is what it was like. And, um, and so, but when that was taken away, you know, I was devastated. And for about nine months, there was no direction. And a neighbor invited us to a church event where I heard about Jesus. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. If you open your heart, he'll come in. 
I did that. He did. And all I can say is a peace and a joy came into me that changed me forever. And I want to tell the drag racing world that message. And basically God said, nope, you're going to be a pastor. And so, you know, I went to Southern California when I was 16. I'm chasing drag racing, ended up at a church called Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. The, the pastor was Chuck Smith, where they were instrumental in what was called the Jesus Movement back then in the 70s. And, um, and God just directed me to be a pastor. But all the while, I had this thought that at some point he would let me do this. There was a movie in 1981 called Chariots of Fire. Mm-hmm. And um, Eric Little, and he was a missionary, but he had it was really fast. And he ended up winning an Olympic gold medal. And a lot of the movie was about, can you be an Olympic runner and still serve God? And one line in it that was classic, it said, you can, um, you can honor God by peeling a potato if you do it with your heart as unto him. And, um, and in the movie, there, right before he runs and wins the, 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 the gold medal, someone hand him a note. And it says, the Bible says, he who honors me, I will honor. And um, in the last scene, he wins the gold medal. And there was a line where he says, when I run, you know, I, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And when I watched that movie in 1981, it was like the Lord just said, someday I'm going to do that with you with racing. And, um, and so the idea of honoring him. So I made it my goal to honor the Lord, to put him first, no matter what. And um, the most impossible thing is for, for me to be doing what I'm doing, because these things are so expensive. But anyway. well, and, and that's what I'm wondering about. So you, you, the Lord said someday. And... He said, not today. Someday is a long way away from that. That's when you were 20. So right. how, what, are, what were the challenges and hurdles that came along the way that told you, you know, maybe I'm holding out for the wrong thing. Was there ever th- something that said, look, this isn't going to happen? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, God wants to be first in our hearts. And he knew that drag racing could easily be like an idol. And um, the worst thing we can do is take a blessing from God and put it ahead of him. And so I think it took 40 years for him to work in me, you know, the idea that, Lord, I'm going to serve you no matter what. And it isn't just if you let me race. And I think it got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't care if I ever race again. And I actually had a dream so real that I was in a car and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This, that was too real. And um, so I always had this, like, in the back of my mind. When the movie The Rookie came out, that was in, like, 2006. Here's a 38-year-old guy pitching in the major leagues. Again, I'm sitting there, and it was just, like, so clear like God spoke to my heart, I'm going to do that with you with racing. Now, it's one thing to think it, but mm-hmm. as we're leaving the movie theater, some friends of us, um, this lady turns and said, God's going to do that with you with racing. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I was thinking it. And then here's somebody is saying it to me. And so I just knew I had to be faithful as a pastor, as a dad. You know, I, again, I got 14 kids. But and, and, I, and my commitment was I'll never put racing ahead of ministry, the Lord, my family, and um, it, it always has to be after that. But um, part of one of the things I did from that point on was just I was hyper into fitness. And so I've done, you know, 17 years of triathlons. You know, I did four Ironmans. And even though I'm 59, um, physically, I, I know I'm more like a 29-year-old. And I, now the difference is a 29-year-old don't have to work at it. I have to work at it. I work out every day. But I want I wanted to be healthy in case this door opened because there is physical demands you know, on the, with these cars and then having good reaction times, there's a mental demand and, um, you know, exercise doesn't just help your body. It helps your mind. And, and, and so you stayed ready for the opportunity and yet you maintained your position as a pastor and kept on being a pastor and kept on doing the best and serving the Lord and serving your, your, your community. At what point did you see an opening in the wall 
that became a door that you're like, you know, wait, that might be what I need. How did you transition? Because you can't just go out and, and order a dragster on Amazon and get started. And here, here's what happened. So I was away from it for, for many years. And then about um, 15 years ago, I started going to races and, you know, we would record my messages on cassettes and I would give them out, you know, Don Garlitz, who's the biggest name, his wife would listen to my messages every day on her treadmill. Then it turned to CDs where I'd give out CDs and a lot of drivers would listen to my CDs. Now it's YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. If somebody puts Mike Booker in YouTube, they'll have a bunch of dragster videos and a bunch of through the Bible videos, but there's probably 50 drivers out there that listen to my messages. Well, one of the top drivers world champ, three-time champion, Antron Brown, and his crew chief, who's local, Brian Karate, they, they would listen to my messages. I was friends with them. I had encouraged them in the Lord, and they knew I wanted to race. And in 2016, they said, we're going to help you get your A fuel license. That's one class down from top fuel. They're, they're crazy fast, still 280 miles an hour in five seconds. And they actually arranged and paid for me to go to a school Frank Holly's drag racing school, which I recommend to anyone. Frank Holly's great. He's a Christian guy. And he taught principles of your mind. It was not about racing. It was about how your brain works. From that class, I went right from a car that goes 160 in eight seconds to a car that goes 280 in five seconds. And I did, and I've done that car in the last four years. So really, Antron Brown and Brian Crotty were critical because they're the ones that step forward today. We're going to help you do this. And, um, and then once I got my license, I found out you can actually bring sponsor money and pay to drive other people's cars. I don't have $300,000 for a dragster and a semi and the whole right. operation, but I can come up with sponsor money to do an event. So top alcohol, typically it's 10000 to 15000 per event to do a race. Well, when I put up over heroin on the car, there was people that said, hey, you know, what? I want to help you with that. And it's, it's grown every year to where I have sponsors who say they're going to help me. So it started like five years ago with Antron and Brian Crotty. And um, if, if somebody Googles Antron Brian, you'll see three-time world champion. He's a Christian guy, a great guy. And um, and so is Brian. And so, and so the right Maverick, people were Maverick putting... Brian, Maverick Brian Crotty down in Medina, he owns the Master Pizza down there. Okay. If, if you go in there, you'll see a bunch of drag racing stuff on the walls. And he's... You know, he's, he says I'm the big brother he never had, but a great guy. He's been a great help. And, um, and, and he, and he sees, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to be a light in the drag racing world and I want to use it as a platform, you know? And, yeah. and so anyway, I think it's amazing how, when, when, when uh, the door was starting to be opened, that God just put those good people in front of you to help you walk through it. I'm wondering though, so here you are, you've got 14 kids and you're gaining grandchildren by the, you know, exponentially, you've got your pastorship, you've got your life, your wife, and now you're going to be a drag racer. What, what did you have to give up? If you look back over the last five or six years, what, what did you lose? Because that's a lot to take onto your one, your plate. Well, you know, you know, the, you know, the physical exercise, um, you know, I, I never exercise, I never run or bike without listening to messages, what I'm teaching and the distinctive of Calvary chapels, I go verse by verse of the Bible. So, you know, I, I taught Matthew one last week will be Matthew two this week, Well, there's like five teachers that I'll listen to online and my study is more listening. And so it never, you know, I just got on my bike or I ran. And so you know, my number one goal is I need to stay in God's word and I need to be able to explain it in a way people understand it. And so that's the most important thing, you know, and from there, it's, you know, that I don't know that I, you know, gave up anything. Um, 
you know, I just try to fit it all in, yeah. you know, and I might include my kids whenever I go to the races and, um, you know, I try to bring one of them. Obviously this week there's going to, it's local. So I'm going to have everybody there. Awesome. Um, but, um, you know, I think just discipline itself, there's a lot of things I just don't do. I don't go to bars. I don't drink. I don't mess around. I don't do drugs. I don't sit around and watch TV all day. You know, and um, you just kind of got to fit it everything in. There is a there's a lot to do, but I think God enables it. I have a great wife, you know, who um, doesn't like racing, but she's okay if I do it. Yeah, she, she doesn't very, like racing, but she likes you, and so it's going to be okay. Well, I hope she likes <laughs> you. Sometimes I test. Mike, tell me about Hope Over Heroin, and I and I want to know what the organization does and, and why it matters to you. But I also want to know is, do you think drag racing? was put on your heart so that you could serve hope over heroin or do you think you're using drag racing on your own to do something good they're both excellent but i'm wondering what you think well hope over heroin is a ministry based in cincinnati there's a church called city on a hill they they wanted to have an impact on the opioid epidemic because northeast ohio and, and ohio is one of the worst states in the country as far as people dying from it mm-hmm. and so about seven years ago god just blessed them putting the pieces together. They have this stage. It takes 400 man hours to set up. It's like anything you'd see in a stadium concert. They will go to a city for two or three days. They would set it up. They'd have food, clothing, social services, but they need to have, they'd share the gospel. They'd have music and people would come to the Lord. And I've talked to guys face to face who told me they went to those rallies as a heroin addict and they accepted the Lord and they were free from drugs with no withdrawal symptoms. I heard that over and over and over. And um, so they're real effective in what they're doing. And I just, you know, I wasn't a drug addict. I never touched drugs or alcohol, but I was sick of watching, hearing about people dying. Cincinnati, back in 2016, there was a 24-hour period where 18 people died of an overdose. And I, I was actually at a Bill Glass prison ministry with some motorcycle stunt riders who were at the prison doing a show. And I, and I was talking to the leader and I said, man, this is horrible, this epidemic. And he says, well, we're going to go, we're going to do a show at Hope Over Heroin Rally. You got to go check it out. And I did. And they were so effective. And I, I just went to the leaders and I said, hey, can I put your name on the dragster to promote what you're mm-hmm. doing? Because I want to do something to help people in this situation. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, I use it to talk to kids about not touching drugs, but it also gives people direction if they're an addict to try to help them. And, um, you know, it's, when you ask the question, you know, is God putting me here to hope for hope over heroin? I believe God put a calling in my life to be a light for him. And, and I've wanted to be a light in the drag racing world. And um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, delight yourself in the Lord who give you the desires of your heart. And I really think he's honoring a 16 year old little boy who wanted to tell the drag racing world about Jesus. And, um, and he's letting me do it. And hope over heroin is, it's hard to explain. You know, I, I probably couldn't go into a, a school saying Jesus, 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 but I can go in talking about drugs and I can, and and then I can, and it it allows me to bring that message in and see, not just to the top fuel car. I have another car. That's a super comp dragster that I want to be able to take in the schools and even let kids drive. I can let you drive it. It'll go 180 and, you know, seven seconds. And um, there's an 18 year old girl that's going to drive it this year. And um, it, it, to me, it's all a prop. It's all a tool to get an audience. And, and, and like I said, I know how the kids look at me and it gives you a platform. And I, and I pray to say, Lord, I will not race unless you give me a platform to speak. They don't interview the guy that doesn't qualify. 
And so my first, my first race in top alcohol in 2018, a national event in Florida, I qualified last and went to the final round, only a fourth time in history, number 16 went to the final. So all of a sudden, here's all these people going, who's Mike Booker? What's Hope Over Heroin? I mean, it was on national TV, Hope Over Heroin. And, um, and so I feel like he's given me a platform to bring light into a dark world. That's all I can say. And um, it's, it's Hope Over Heroin, but it's a lot of things. And, and so what's, what's next? You are a driven person and, and you are a God-fearing person that, that knows whatever's next is going to be next. But what do you think's next? And I ask this about what are the hurdles that you need to overcome? What are the challenges that you have? What do you want to do? But what's going to get in your way that you're going to have to overcome moving forward? Well, the, the, you know, a pastor with 14 kids means one thing. I have no money. When I get paid on Friday, <laughs> I pay my bills. I have nothing until I get paid in two weeks. And so it's all about sponsors. I can't just go race when I want to race. And so it requires there to be, you know, usually it's Christian businessmen and there's all kinds of businesses out there who they want to have positive PR. They want to be involved with community service. And what I'm doing is having an impact. And so if there's, you know, when, if there's a, if there's companies out there, they're like, Hey, we want someone to represent us. We want to have a positive impact in the community then, then I think I'm someone, and, and, and little by little, as people hear, they're like, hey, we want to help. We want to jump on board. I'm not really good into the, the marketing and going to sponsors and making a presentation and mm-hmm. being all polished. It's usually I meet someone face-to-face. They like what I'm doing, and they say, you know what? I want to help. Um, you know, Chip Lofton has a company called Strutmasters, and, and now also Vita C-Shot. He's a big one. Um Bill Stewart has a company called Clean Tools. He has a product called the Glosser and the Absorber. Christian guy, he wants to help me. Locally, Gene Lampshire, TFC Trucking. Um, that means Trucking for Christ. He heard my message. He's like, I want to help. He's been helping me. Um, Dave Nelson is another guy, Nelson Trucking. And what's bad is when you start naming sponsors, you don't want to leave anybody out. Right. Um, but Becky Elias, Mufflers for Less. That's local to Cleveland. Um, she's helping me now. I'm going to be really mad at myself here. Um, Mike Ashley, um, Realty Warehouse. Um, oh gosh, see, like you said, I shouldn't have started that because if I if I forget somebody, they're going to be mad. But but you know, they'll the understand. I don't think they're doing it for the sponsorship anyway. Right. They're doing it for the no. no you're right. And the, okay. the big the biggest hurdle is just you know businesses. And I'm actually there's a guy Don Lauer who's major and in, in, in with Summit Motorsports or Summit Racing Products. I asked him, I said, what do you look for in a, for, to sponsor somebody? And he said, number one, the character of the person. Number two, social media presence. Number three, on-track results. And I said, well, how do I look on number one? He said, off the charts, the best. Okay. And I know I've had on-track results. My weakness is the, the middle one, the social media presence. It just it all drives me crazy. I have yeah. a Facebook page. Someone looks up Mike Booker. I'm not John Smith. So there's only one Mike B-U-C-H-E-R on there. You'll see drag racing and a bunch of kids. There's a Facebook page, um, um, Hope Over Heroin. It says Hope Over Heroin, Mike Booker, Hope Over Heroin, Dragster. If you put those names in, that, mm-hmm. oh, that's drag racing stuff. And then there's an Instagram, you know, Mike Booker TF, but I'm weak on the social media. Yep. But I, but if somebody wants somebody to represent them in a positive way, I think I have that. And as, as companies here, you know, I'm not going to chase them. I'm no pressure. It has to be somebody who says, you know, we like this. We want to get on board. So if somebody hears this, that's the biggest hurdle is just the sponsor money. Cause what's funny is, 
sponsors start off as sponsors, they become friends. Well, I don't want to ask friends for money. And so when it's time to race, it's hard to go, hey, you know, Gene, you want to help me with this? Because I don't want to ask for the money. But I, I say, look, you don't have to sponsor me. It's okay if you don't. No pressure. Just let me know your thoughts. And usually they'll say, yep, we want to do it for this much. You know? Yeah, because they're not sponsoring your three-second run down the road. They're sponsoring what you're accomplishing for others. And that's, so it's okay when and you're they, asking. And they, oh, and they totally asking. get that. Yep, yep. And they totally get that. And so, Mike, if someone, you gave some of your Instagram and Facebook accounts, if someone wanted to reach out to you and talk to you uh, about this and what you're doing, how would they do so? Well, I, you know, I have an email address, stonewall7 at roadrunner.com. Um, also Facebook. I mean, like you said, they put Mike B U C H E R. I'm right on there. People, you know, after I did top fuel, I had 10 people an hour sending me friend requests for yeah. weeks. You know, I had a video then two days had 5,000 views. It's got 11,000 yeah. views. I believe it. And, um, you know, I mean, even my phone number four, four, zero, two, one, two, nine, six, zero, four. Um, you know, you know I, I asked people to pray for me. Um, you know, if somebody's got someone dealing with addiction, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and try to give them direction and help them. Um, and you know, whether it's their kid, son, daughter, you know, I want to bring this full circle to, if, if you don't mind, Mike, as we, as we bring it to a close, this show is made for business owners and business leaders and organization leaders who are trying to overcome things and you have overcome things, but you're a drag racer. You're the drag pastor. So it's a little different. What would you tell these folks who are struggling with the next accomplishment at the next goal or the hurdle that's in their way of growing their business? You've done things that they need to understand. What would you say to them in their struggles today? Well, well, one thing, and it just crossed my mind, you know, um, if anybody, you know, a lot of times people do things for their employees, they want to encourage them. And, you know, and I have been asked to speak a couple of times, you know, in situations like that, I, I'm willing to speak and talk to anyone, any company employees to kind of encourage them and even bring the dragster and maybe even do a thing, you know, as far as drug prevention or whatever. And, and, and if a company wanted to have me or wanted to come out to a race, I would love to accommodate them. This particular race, I'm going to have a hospitality area for sponsors and potential sponsors. And I would love to be able to help that way. As far as someone, you know, obviously my story, the Lord's in the center of it. And I'm, I'm not a believer in dig deep, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I think the Lord helps though. You know, there's a phrase, God helps those who helps themselves. The Bible teaches 180 degrees opposite that. He helps those who rely upon him. It actually says his strengths may perfect in weakness. So if somebody's struggling and they realize they can't do it and they cry out to God, that's when he reaches down. He reaches down to the need. But um, I think, you know, discipline, you know, um, working hard, all those things are important. But my hope is always, you know, Lord, my life's in your hands. And, um, and I trust him. And so that's key to this. Um, yeah. with, without the Lord, none of this will be happening with me. And I think the idea of, of holding on to a dream and doing the right thing in between while you're waiting for that door to open is, is important too. And sometimes well, it's easy to give up on something when it just doesn't happen immediately. You know, right, right. there's a movie um, facing the giants and yeah. it's a powerful Christian movie. But what's interesting is a guy told a story where two farmers had prayed for rain but only one prepared the field, meaning they both prayed the same thing, but only one believed it was going to happen. And so I always, you know, it's like, Lord, my life's in your hands. And I thought he was going to do this and bring this about. And so I prepared, you know, and, um, and 
he's the one who did it. So I do believe there's preparation for any dream. There's things you got to do beforehand to be ready if that happens. Yeah. Quick note about uh, our sponsor here, which is my company, Spire Marketing. And and we we provide Dash of Grit to you in order to inspire you. And I hope that today's show did. Our our company, when we work with people, if you've got a, a dream or a goal worth accomplishing, Folks, you got to get it done and do it. And sometimes you need help. Spire helps with marketing. We help with social media. We help with uh, brand strategy and implementation. And we do those things to get you over the next uh, hurdle. And so if you need a company like that, that will work to accomplish not just your bottom line or your top line, but but your dreams, um, that's what we're here and what we're about. So spiread.com is our website and you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm Brian Leffelock. I'm director of sales. Mike, I, I thank you so much for being a guest on Dash of Grid. This show is a little, today's show, a little bit different, but I am so inspired by your lack of, your, your unwillingness to quit, and yet your calm and your patience to wait for your dreams to come true. And the great things that you're doing for Hope Over Heroin um, just are, are amazing and fascinating and proof that when you're doing it for the right reasons, it will happen. And I thank you for telling your can story. I, can I, and on the car, Claire's day, it says for God's glory. And that's why I'm doing it. It's not for me. It's, you know, it's for him. And I want to honor him in it, which goes back to that movie chariots of fire with Eric little. He who honors me, I will honor. So my reason for doing this is for God's glory, not my own. Thank you, Mike. Good luck this weekend at the drag race. I know you won't be thinking of me when you're going zero to 300, but I'll be thinking of you. So good luck as you go. Thank you. Thanks for all the great you're doing. Uh, Listeners, thank you for uh, being a part of this show. And uh, we do Dash of Grit once a week. You can find it where you find your podcast and you can uh, listen to many more in the past. They're all uploaded and waiting for you over these past uh, weeks over time. So until we meet again, we are Dash of Grit. Stay gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 